0: to highlight and support independent bookstores. They discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Hi, everyone. (laughs) It's
1: Wednesday night. It's wedding night. And it's time for Friends and Fiction. It is the happiest night of the week, especially this week. And we are so happy to be here with you to celebrate the launch of our own Christy Woodson Harvey's The Wedding Veil. (laughs) I am Patty Callahan Henry.
2: And I am Mary Kay Andrews, dressed up as a circus elephant.
0: (laughs) I am Kristen Harmel. (laughs) Virginal, like a virgin. I'm the virginal Kristen Harmel, yes. I am Christy Woodson Harvey, and I... Painstakingly picked
3: these headpieces for my friends, and I feel as though they're being a little bit ungrateful. Was- I, I'm so grateful. How, how could we not be so grateful for them? So grateful.
1: And we you are- picked, we're you picked so according to our personalities. You it's All look so beautiful. All right, and this is friends in fiction, four New York Times best-selling authors willing to make a fool of themselves for a friend. <laughs> Endless stories to support indie bookstores, authors, and librarians. We are so thrilled that you are with us tonight. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you guys, coffee. I don't know about you, um, you know. I know some of us start the mornings off with a cup of coffee. I'm not human without my first cup. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thrilled that one of our presenting sponsors is Charleston Coffee Roasters. Mm-hmm. Charleston Coffee Roasters painstakingly searches the world over for the highest quality coffee beans. They bring them home to Charleston, South Carolina, where slow roasting coaxes out their unique flavor. Along with their promise of great coffees, Charleston Coffee, coffee Roasters also pledges to help our planet and local communities. And that's something that's really important to us here on Friends and Fiction. Visit their website, charlestoncoffeeroasters.com, and use the code with Friends. With no spaces, coffee with friends, all lowercase, to get twenty percent off on all bagged coffees.
2: Another one of our sponsors, whom we love for their devotion to being literary matchmakers. Get it? Wedding matchmakers. <laughs> See what I did there? Is is Page One Book, an indie bookstore with the delight and surprise of an online subscription service curated just for you. The literary matchmakers at Page One Books hand select books. Just for you, based on your preferences, preferences and their knowledge. Shop now at pageonebooks.com. That's page the numeral one books.com. Choose their three, six or twelve month subscription plan. The gift of Page One is always a custom fit, and now you can get fifteen percent off all book subscriptions with code all cap friends plural fifteen.
0: You being so serious about that and that headdress is just it's everything. <laughs> so everything. Can can you wear this in all future episodes, please? Could we? Could that be arranged? <laughs> She's no. Not laughing. Um, wait until <laughs> you, Wait
2: until you see what I inflict on all of y'all on my book launch episode. So oh, no, will I, you
0: will you be launching the book I, in Vegas?
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> circus, circus Vegas, Vegas circus.
0: I tried
2: to pick things that you guys would wear again, just like a bridesmaid dress. Yeah, yes. we're going out for pizza in Avondale right
0: after this. I think I'm going to go take a bike ride around the block and see what the neighbors say. (laughs) Well, you guys know all about our spring
3: subscription box with Oxford Exchange, right? So you might have heard, if, if I have not been obnoxious about it yet, then I have not done my job. But my new book released yesterday, The Wedding Veil, and Mary Kay's The Home Homewreckers will be out May 3rd. So, of course, they're available wherever books are sold. But if you want a hand-signed first edition of both books, plus a Friends in Fiction gift, it's a little sticky flag notebook, um, you can order the Spring Box from our friends at Independent Bookstore Oxford Exchange. You'll receive a beautiful delivery of both books, each of them signed, as soon as they're released. And if you haven't read Kristen and Patty's 2021 books, Surviving Savannah and the Forest of Vanishing Stars yet, Patty's paperback is out next week, and Kristen's is out in May. So much to
0: celebrate. Absolutely. Yeah, we're so excited. So, so many of you have been participating in our very first Friends in Fiction Reading Challenge. This month, the month of March, we're encouraging you to read a book about a female historical figure. And if you're looking for a way to keep track of those books and all the books you're reading, we'd love to recommend this beautiful reading journal, designed by us in conjunction with independent bookstore, Oxford Exchange. I also wanted to point out um, that the pages are not dated. I know we talk about this a lot in conjunction with our reading challenge, but you can pick this up at any time. You could use it for years to come. It's all blank for you to fill in. Um, So it's really flexible. Anytime you want to keep track of your books, we cannot imagine a better pick for this month's reading challenge than the Wedding Veil, which features two real historical women, Edith and Cornelia Vanderbilt. This is a great time to begin that book and record it in here. Yeah. That's a goal. Everybody has the
1: wedding veil in their reading yeah,
0: journal. Exactly.
1: Like okay, it. before we officially get this part started, Yeah, Christy, can you tell everyone a little bit about your tour and all the amazing things you have coming up?
3: Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. So we're actually pre-taping this episode. Um, So I just want to let everybody know that we are, that's, that's why I'm home in this episode. Um, But actually in real life, um, I am out and about in the world. So I have, I don't know how many tour stops, like 20 something, 30, I don't know. It's like a three week tour. So I'm going to be on the road for a little while. Um, mostly in the Southeast. And I would absolutely love to see you guys. So if you haven't checked out my tour schedule, please do. And please come see me. It's the most fun to get to meet you guys in real life, especially after we're communicating online so much. And then um, you can join all of us on May 4th with Yay. our buddy on at Cuyahoga County Library. Um in Ohio. We're all going to be there doing a super fun Friends of Fiction event to celebrate Mary Kay's launch and Kristen's paperback launch. So it's
0: going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. And before the party really begins and we don our wedding veils, I want to remind you that as you know, we continue to encourage you to support independent booksellers when and where you can. And one way to do that is to visit our friends in fiction bookshop.org page, where you can find books by the four of us and our past guests, including really the only book you're going to want to buy this week, which is Christie's The Wedding Veil, at a discount, you guys. Discounts. Love it. Okay. We have all
1: had the opportunity to read The Wedding Veil. And since it's only been out for one day, I'm going to assume that some, maybe maybe only a small fraction, but some people <laughs> haven't read it yet. So can you please tell our faithful viewers
3: a little bit about The Wedding Veil? Yes, I can. I'm so excited to. Um, the book is not based on this lovely and charming wedding veil that I am wearing, um, but a a real life historical wedding veil worn by Edith and Cornelia Vanderbilt. And this story actually opens um, around 1914 when George Vanderbilt has just passed away, leaving his young um, widow, Edith, and his daughter, Cornelia, behind to try to not only maintain um, the largest home in America, Biltmore Estate, but also to preserve his legacy. And that's all going really well um, until the two women have some different ideas about what the future is going to look like. And um, it causes some problems for them that um, you'll read about in the book. So that is the historical part. And then in the contemporary story, I have a grandmother and granddaughter, Babs and Julia. And Babs is um, placing her sort of faded family wedding veil on her granddaughter, Julia's head when Julia realizes that... Her marriage is not going to last, and she is going to be the one to sully the name of the famous Lucky family wedding veil. And so she gets the heck out of there with her grandmother um, and heads off on her honeymoon and um, alone <laughs> to find out, you know, what the next chapter of her life holds. And at the same time. Babs has just lost her husband of over 60 years and is trying to make a fresh start for herself. And so she moves somewhere new and happens to run into a man from her past. So the kind of interesting thing about this story is that all of these women find themselves at these really big crossroads and they're in different generations um, they're making very different decisions, but they all have an extreme amount of outside pressure on them that is influencing their decisions. And there is, of course, um, a beautiful heirloom money veil vale at the center of the story.
1: Gosh, you know, I've read it, I know about it, but you're describing it and I got those chills on my arm. You know, Aww, it's like, so good. It's I, think just, I'm, I don't think I'm good at
3: describing it yet. I need to like work on that a there's like a lot of there's a lot of story happening in there there's a yes. lot of
1: threads that you have to pull through and you described all of them it was great okay tonight along with this party we're about to get started we're going to be, be playing BB be, be playing be playing, be playing <laughs> book bingo we're if we're we're you haven't right. gotten your book bingo card yet visit christywoodsonharvey.com all one word Backslash blog to grab your bingo card, or it will be on a pinned post on our friends in fiction Facebook page. So listen out for any of us to say any of the words on the card. And when you have bingo, call it in the comments. Meg will be picking five winners to receive a copy of the wedding veil.
2: Now you can't launch a book with that called The Wedding Veil without a bachelorette party, right? nope yeah. <laughs> okay and and we have male strippers coming is that correct absolutely that's why i'm here that's why oh, I right. what
0: about you guys it, yes absolutely
2: the chippendales will be here momentarily okay so get us to get us started we're going to play everybody's <laughs> favorite bachelorette party game would you rather wedding veil style and we encourage you to play at home and put your answers in our comments below meg will be choosing one winner playing along at home to win all four novels in Christie's new york times best-selling peach Tree bluff series
3: i gonna be busy and
2: i know yeah. because you know we need a little um we need a little male interest tonight we thought we'd bring a couple of special guests on to play with us. So welcome our rock star writer's block librarian, Ron Block. Are you there, Ron? Yay! Oh, there's I the the one. One. dearly there's
4: beloved. beloved <laughs> we are gathered here today to marry readers with this fabulous <laughs> book, The Wedding.
0: <laughs> also, tomorrow tonight- <laughs> And he's a real reverend, so he can yeah. do that. Yeah, yes, yeah, I am. That was he- legit.
5: Well,
0: yeah. Yeah. Now, now you're all legally bound to buy it we're sorry yeah. that's right. <laughs> so we, you. Yeah.
2: we forgot to tell you this is literally a commitment ceremony we <laughs> are all committed to buy the wedding veil okay. but she'll thank also, us for it later yeah. Right. yeah you can thank us later uh, also tonight joining us is our managing guru who tries to keep the trains on the hot mess extra- express and that's Meg Walker Meg are you there? And our blushing bride. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, my strange. veil is attached,
5: but to my head by paper clips. So let's just hope it stays.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I how us Express just completely personified that your veil yeah. is attached yeah. with paper clips? Yeah. yeah. This is astounding. Okay, so I get to go first. I get you're to go fun. first. You got to bring on Sean. Oh,
2: Sean,
4: Sean oh,
2: our I'm fearless you. one. I'm guru. Cabana board. Hey, Party boy. Party boy.
5: Sean. No. What's good?
1: Keep <laughs> <laughs> the oh, you, guy at the wedding we Keep them
6: coming. Keep him coming. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk guy he's at the, the guy
2: wedding. Rip your
1: bartender, hey. Big Sean. The right the Videoing.
2: Yeah, he's <laughs> the bartender that forgot he was being paid to bartend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Sean! Okay. Anyway, there's no party without you. Okay, right. I was so anxious to go first. I, I did that. All right, me first. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have a video of your fiance? Mm-hmm in a compromising position leaked on the world wide web where your family would never see it or only to your family where the rest of the world would never see it. I'm going to say just my
2: family. What do you yeah. say? In yeah. Just
0: my family.
4: Oh, same here. Just my family. Cause you know, they won't care.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, the, I, my answer's different. The world, because I feel like my family would get me and understand why the wedding was off, mm-hmm. but, like, people who don't know me as well might not, so this would, you know, it's my place. Let them know. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
5: Good rationale. Oh. Spoiler alert, she's canceled the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: over.
0: This veil is coming off, exactly.
4: But I still I, get my <laughs> tip, right? I still get my tip.
0: You still get tip. <laughs>
3: I think the same. I think I would rather have, and because then like what if there's like something that maybe it looks different than it really is or yeah. you know, then you have to explain all that to your family. I don't know. I think I would rather just like the internet random people now and not my family. Mm.
6: Mm. Got it. What about you, Sean? I'm the, I'm the same. You know, it's 2022. Who hasn't had their sex tape? Weeks, you know, know. <laughs> everyone has one, it's all I, I have, not. no one cares. I just don't that's want my family not. to know about it. <laughs> <Not a
5: problem. laughs> I'm doing family because my family's so small, it would just be my mom and my brother, and we've kept each other's secrets for a really long time.
3: Now, that's a good point because, like, I have a big family, you know, and yeah. like, so I think that is. Part of you know. the reason. Of yeah, no, they yeah. wouldn't keep my secrets, but just it's like the mortification of like everyone knowing you're yeah. You know. yeah. I don't know. Anyway. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm next.
5: Would you rather go on your honeymoon alone or have your fiance go with someone else? Oh. I am going on that trip. <laughs> he can he can beat it.
2: <laughs> yeah i'm going on that trip we had a uh, a neighbor whose um his uh fiance stood him up at the altar uh, and the wedding oh, trip wow. was all, the honeymoon was booked so he took his best buddy on the honeymoon with him awesome. so um i would go alone and read a lot of books and then i would really totally trash him online mm, yep. yes
5: <laughs>
4: agreed I'd get, I I'd get busy i'd get busy I would be Instagramming every little piece of that trip and I would go on that trip. It'd be all over the place. Yeah. Come up with creative hashtags.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Ditto. I'd go on the trip. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. I think I would be Instagramming like with my like new fake boyfriend. Yes. You know? yeah. 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 Major revenge honeymoon.
1: <laughs> I would go on that trip and I would take pictures and you know that hilarious mm-hmm. Dark Spencer cool. song, "Getting Drunk on a plane. Drunk on a Plane."
3: That's yeah. exactly what I thinking. <laughs> like. Party boy Sean is. Okay, well, let's just, go ahead, Sean. What would you do? I'm getting
6: drunk on that trip, and on the plane, <laughs> yeah. on the plane back, <laughs>
1: oh, and I'm not
6: going to stop getting drunk the whole
1: time. We're going to start at the reception. That didn't happen. Yeah. Keep it right
4: going. Keep the party sure. going. Done. Okay. okay. I have a question. Would you rather someone else wear a white dress to your wedding or someone else get proposed to at your wedding?
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Both have happened. Mm, I think I would rather somebody else wear a white dress so I could shame them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you know, I think it would be sweet if somebody else got proposed to at my wedding. I mean, I would maybe I would think to myself, will they see how happy we are? And they want to be that happy. Oh, yeah. Or not? I don't know.
0: Yeah, my answer is the same. I think it'd be nice to be a part of that person's memory. You know what I mean? That person's special. I mean, it's a little weird to propose at someone else's wedding, but whatever. As long as it's not while I'm saying my vows. Yeah, (laughs) that's weird.
3: (laughs) such good people. I would be like, I cannot believe that you just got engaged on my day. My one.
2: The one day that's all about me.
3: Yeah, I don't <laughs> uh, The white dress is pretty bad too, though. I I think I think the proposal is worse though. I would rather have someone wear the white dress.
1: I like really had to keep on that one. <laughs> I think I would um, choose the white dress that somebody accidentally spilled something on.
5: <gasps>
6: Red wine. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think uh, either of those two are scandalous to me, so I would up the stakes. I want a live childbirth at my wedding (laughs) during the
2: it. You want the bride to have the baby at the wedding?
6: (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a little awkward, but sure.
2: And messy. Really messy.
6: As (laughs) long as I do somewhere in between the contractions,
4: I'm okay. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, my God. God. Did you see what they just did? I do.
5: <laughs> Honestly, I'd rather have somebody wear a white dress because who cares what they wear? Because you're still going to be the center of attention. And yeah. you're going to yeah. down and luxurious veil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the woman in the white dress should not be your mother-in-law. And I've heard of people that have had that happen. Well, oh, that's that's that. where that
3: came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I've never heard of that. That's awful. That's
1: actually oh, yeah. the start of my twenty twenty
3: three book. I don't know what year it is. Whatever, my next
6: book. Yes. Like, <laughs> right <laughs> okay, guys. I have a question. Would yeah, you rather? Yeah. Would everyone? Would you rather everyone have a bodacious time at your wedding, but get food poisoning, or would you rather have a <laughs> wedding where everyone leaves early?
1: this is a uh, tough one this is yeah. so
6: scandalous I think um I don't want food poisoning I'd rather be remembered for like a less terrible reason yeah was
2: yeah I'm yeah I'm yeah, the like childbirth
6: wife that that's why I want people to <laughs> like, yeah yep.
2: yeah I have had food poisoning uh and I would not wish that on I've had it more than once I had it once on book tour um so okay. I would not wish that on anybody. So a dud wedding where everybody leaves early and he, and here's the thing if they leave early the bar bill is way less. That's <laughs> so true.
4: Silver lining.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Tell the DJ to go home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh you guys are so nice. I want them all to get food poisoning. Think about <laughs> all the years that they're going to talk about this. They're <laughs> never going to forget the wedding. Mm-hmm. They have something to to go back on. <laughs>
0: Okay, but then taking the opposite point of view, I feel like that's all they'll remember about your wedding. Like, not that it was a beautiful exchange of oh, hours, not that someone gave birth while you were saying I do, but they'll
4: remember the food poisoning. <laughs> that's a good yeah. point.
0: That's See, good point. what
3: if, though, they had such a good time at your wedding that they all just think they have the worst hangover ever?
6: That's
3: true. Yeah, that's oh. true. I'm going to go food poisoning. On that
1: one, then. Okay, so I've actually had food poisoning, like MKA, and there's no way you think it's a hangover. Just no um, way. Yeah. No, my like you think it's death. You think for sure. Oh, into your hands, I commend my spirit, kind of. Death. <laughs> like, mm. So I'm gonna pick a dud, and it, and then I'm gonna go back and have a big party later.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm Who's joking. gonna come
3: to your big party once you've had a dud wedding? <laughs>
1: True. So okay, I'm, gonna Sean, I'm gonna bring Sean into DJ and bartender. Yeah. And and everybody's up. gonna come. What do they call, call it? Like to. Your
3: hype guy? Like you know, when they you hire like a like D-list celeb to be like the hype guy at your. Yeah. Not that Sean is D-list.
2: That's a thing. I think... That's a thing. I don't I've never, never heard done. of that.
3: Yes. Oh. <laughs> You guys don't watch
4: enough bravo i know ron <laughs> <laughs> oh i know all about this
2: thank you I don't even know <laughs> bravo now was here's on. a provocative question why do you get to answer what what can,
5: i am going with food poisoning because patty i don't know about your friends but um mine would be hungover so violently that they may confuse <laughs> <to> drink. <laughs> drink quite a bit and also i i kind of think that maybe if everybody got food poisoning
1: might get a little
2: money back from the wedding venue, and then be able to oh. another party. Which that's a good call. And and point. That's why she's our managing director. You I was going
1: to say that's I why like she does what she does.
4: And, and we still get to keep the gifts. Ah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, now here's my provocative question: Would you rather have all of your exes show up at your wedding, or all your significant other's exes? Um. Well, this is a largely rhetorical question for me because I believe all of my exes are dead. But um... so you kill them when you're done with
3: them. She anything She's she like wants. No one left to tell all of her dirty
5: secrets.
2: Um I think my exes should all show up, and then I'll, um I'll just, you know, say, "Huh, oh, look what you missed." Yeah.
4: Yeah, I would want all of my exes, too, so I know exactly what I'm dealing with.
0: Ah. That's such a good point. You're right. That's right. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to have to go with that for the exact same reason. Plus, you know what? Like, some of them are crazy. Most of them are nice. I can deal with the crazy because I'll see it coming, and the nice, will just be nice to see them. (laughs) I don't have any feelings anymore.
3: Yeah, Yeah. no, I would go with mine, too, just because exactly, you know what you're getting. Even that, like, stray one that you're like, Okay, they're like definitely gonna object or something like insane (laughs) in the middle of it. But you but there's someone on that because you know what to expect when it's your when it's your significant other, you don't know. So okay, I'm
1: gonna swing the pendulum here and say his so they can all see. How wonderful and how much he loves me. not promising till death do us part. And they can just sit there and grind their little teeth.
3: I, yeah, I love that. that I
1: That's
6: love a it, fun. too. That's nice. Good one. I was thinking only about my wife. Like, What would make her least uncomfortable? I think it would actually Aww. be... We're not I thinking
5: about think ourselves.
6: I, right? Because I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, if her exes came, I think she'd be more uncomfortable. So I'll say... Okay. I'm guessing her, my her answer would be mine to show up. Okay,
3: okay. that's, that's sweet. very sensitive for Party Boy Sean. That's yeah, how you're
4: it is. Funny. Yeah, yeah. you're slipping. You're falling behind, Party Boy.
3: Okay, out of character,
5: out of character, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I think we actually had some of Dave ex- Dave's exes at our wedding because I'm friends with several of them. Oh, <laughs> but, oh wow! But. But I would not want all of them anywhere near me. So
0: um, I'm going to go with mine because there aren't that many of them, and they're all very cool. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's good. Okay. all right. So now my turn. Would you rather? And I can't believe I'm asking this question. Would you <laughs> You're rather the fall? One gets
2: this question. Yeah. Would
0: you rather fall while walking down the aisle or during your first dance? Well, we all know that when I fall, I break bones in my body. So I would prefer to do it as late in the wedding as possible. So I'm going to go with first dance. <laughs> oh. Hilarious. And, have, you know, hopefully I go down in a fabulous way. Like, you know what I mean? Hopefully like, he catches you. Like. Yeah, exactly. That's you. true. Good point. Yeah.
2: Um, I think during my the first dance, because he's going to swoop down and pick me up and twirl me around. And, and everyone will
3: cheer. Yeah. Yes.
2: And you know, this is all in my fantasy life. That is
3: for you. <laughs>
2: he probably say, she's drunk! <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> this, is,
2: well, this is when
1: Paul Rudd Sweeps you back up. Yes. Yes. That's
4: right. There you go. That's good. Um, so I'm going to buck the trend a little bit. I'd rather do it while I'm walking down the aisle. If yes. so I can immediately get up, throw my hands up in the air, and be Mary Catherine Gallagher and go married. And then everybody <laughs> will clear up and cheer and think it was on purpose.
3: Yeah. Yes. I, love it. Love it. I love it. I like that. I love it. Um, I think I'm going to have to say first dance too. I mean, because I feel like when you're getting ready to walk down the aisle, you're so nervous already. Like just with everyone watching you and whatever that to fall then would be, I think it would be more embarrassing.
1: Um, I'm definitely going to have to say the first dance, but my caveat is if I'm picking for someone else, I'm going to say walking down the aisle because I think it would just break up the tension. Like it would be as long as I didn't break bones, but like, you're all like Woo! and it just like remember when jennifer lawrence fell walking up to get her oscar, yeah, her sure oscar? She um but i prefer it wasn't me so <laughs> <laughs>
6: right. yeah i i would not be allowed to drink before the wedding so shots after i'm falling down on the dance floor it's happening <laughs>
1: cheers to that Truthfully and also, Sean, you could pretend it was a dance move. The rest, that's covered. That's right. That's right. All right, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So that's my answer. Is that I would de- definitely choose the dance because like,
5: you could play it off like you meant to do it.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, like if you're a southerner, you just pretend that you decided to gator, right? Yep. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. one. What's a gator? I don't know that. I don't know what that is either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that a southern thing? Yeah. You went to Florida. How do you not know Gatoring? I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> yeah. we'll
1: post a video later. I know a video. There's actually
3: there was one that was like, there was, like there was one I saw recently of a kid at Disney World like winning a Disney dance off gatoring. Yeah. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <I don't>
5: <laughs> we're gonna have to post a video to the page.
2: Yeah, will the video. Definitely. Yeah,
3: I have a friend who like still as it goes to the chiropractor from gatoring on the bar at her birthday party, like recently, you know, like trying to like relive her. And she was like, oh my God, I, like I can't do that anymore. And it, it was just it was bad, it was bad. She was fine that night. And the next day it was like, oh, I've like permanently injured myself.
1: Ooh. I don't think I've ever been able to gator, but yes.
3: No, I don't no. think I've ever tried, but i, no. seen, like, I
6: I'm, I'm going gonna, 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 Yeah, is this what gatoring is? It's uploading, I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> no, 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 with a That's like a dirty no. dance no. That
3: that is not it. That That's great. That <laughs> I love that. Okay, I have a very very important question for you guys. Would you rather have your wedding cake dropped before you cut it, or your wedding oh. rings get lost? Oh my gosh! I mean, this is a really hard question. Um. I am actually going to say that I think I would rather my wedding rings get lost because you could like borrow someone else's temporarily. But if that wedding cake gets dropped and I don't get cake at my wedding, like (laughs) you can't fake that. You can't fake the cake. You can like bake your wedding rings and have them redone later. That would be a
2: great hashtag. Hashtag. Don't fake the cake.
3: That's
6: it. What would what fake, we, you oh. go? Right <laughs> the Don't fake the cake.
4: Hashtag. Um, oh, drop the cake. Drop the cake. Yeah. You can always make another one later.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would say drop the cake and then send everybody out or send someone out to get all the remaining cupcakes from Sprinkles Cupcakes and just, you know, make do. If you cake. live in a small town,
3: that is not an option.
0: No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um. I
2: would um, definitely drop the cake because I would just pick it up and um, say, "Oh, look! It's a deconstructed wedding cake. It's a new thing." Oh, yeah. Right. Okay.
3: That's second rule:
4: hand out spoon to everybody.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that episode of Friends with the cheesecake.
4: Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking.
3: <laughs>
1: I would definitely say the cake as long as... Am I allowed to give a caveat? As long as yeah. it was already a picture of it. Oh, okay. It's good. Then you could drop it, and like it could be kind of funny.
3: Um, She doesn't care. That is my favorite part of the wedding. She can't eat
2: gluten. She doesn't even care about the cake. So, like the The
3: feeding the cake and the drinking the champagne with the cross arm. thats like my favorite part of the wedding. I
2: always
1: get upset when I miss that part of the wedding accidentally. Like, I went to get a drink, or I was dancing, Mm -hmm. and I missed the cake situation Mm -hmm. at a wedding. I hate that, but I'm not going to tell it now. But remind me later, and I will tell you the story of our wedding cake debacle at our wedding.
3: Oh, I can't wait! Okay,
6: so I didn't do um, a real wedding. I, we did a courthouse thing, and so oh. I don't know what what costs more, like a wedding cake or our rings were so cheap. Like I'd probably rather lose my rings. I imagine like a wedding cake costs.
5: Twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. made out Not of girl, <laughs> that.
3: No, I'm But fine. like, and that's a good point too. Because if your ring's lost, like if it was expensive, it's probably insured. If it wasn't, you could probably yeah. replace it pretty cheaply. Yeah. So let's go one or the other. You know,
5: I'm um, cake all day because the, the rings absolutely cost a lot more, Sean. Yeah, let's, let's hope. <laughs> Not
6: mine. Jackbox. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
1: my gosh. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Christy, we are now turning it back to you for some serious or as serious as we know how to be. Mm, semi serious questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so All right. we would love to ask you some questions. Could
0: um Kristen, could you start us off? I absolutely could. So, Christy, we were all here together when you started writing The Wedding Veil, vale, your first go at a historical novel. And we all know research into the real lives of famous historical figures can be daunting during the best of times, but especially daunting during a pandemic when everything is shut down. You don't have the same access to things you know, that you would when the world is normal. So can you tell us a little bit about the process of researching this book?
3: Um. Yes, that's so true. And I honestly, if it weren't for you guys, like, I don't know that I would have even done it. I think I might have thought there's just no way this isn't going to work. And, you know, I can't make this happen. Um, So you guys were very encouraging. So thank you. And of course, like I had imagined when I started when I had the idea for this book and I had started you know, researching and I was like, I'm going to be a Biltmore all the time. And I'm going to be like, I already had the like libraries where I knew I, you know, there were materials that I wanted to look at in real life and wanted to, you know, letters I wanted to read and, and those types of things. So um, it was definitely very, very different, but I was really lucky to have some incredible librarians, Ron knows all about that, who really helped me right off the bat. And I got myself a newspapers.com account. I think I've read Mm -hmm. every time in history that Edith Vanderbilt or Cornelia Vanderbilt have been mentioned in a newspaper. Um, And I read every single book that I could get my hands on about the family and the house and down to like cookbooks and like anything that I could find I read. And it actually worked out really well because I wrote my first draft and then the world was starting to open back up just a little bit enough that I was actually able to go and start making some of those trips and um, get, you know, a lot of my research fact checked and find out, you know, some of the fun, more like little colorful tidbits that really helped enhance the story. Um, But it actually wasn't all bad because instead of just being like totally overwhelmed and flooded with information from the beginning, I was really able to step back and read and figure out this is the story I'm telling these are the years of these women's lives that I'm focusing on and then kind of hone in on it from there. That's
0: awesome. It was fun to oh, watch oh, you yeah. do it too. Yeah, really it was. was. Yep. Awesome.
4: So in reading the book, um, Edith and Cornelia Vanderbilt are really brought to life and they almost feel like three-dimensional in a way, but what were some of the surprising things that you learned about them along the way?
3: Mm. Oh my gosh. So many, they were such interesting characters and such interesting women, but I think one of the things that, that surprised me the most is just having a journalism school background and being taught, you know, in researching to always kind of rely on primary sources. I was so shocked at the number of newspaper articles that like they weren't labeled as gossip columns. They weren't, you know, they didn't stand out in any way that just contained things that were absolutely untrue. Um, And so that was like a really interesting thing, you know, for me to kind of learn that it was just some of the things you couldn't really rely on, although fortunately I was writing fiction. So sometimes I'd be like, I don't think that's true, but that makes a great story. Like, let's
5: Let's put Um, that in.
3: But they were just both fascinating women. I think for Edith, I was so surprised. She was just one of the most generous people. Um, With someone with her upbringing, you wouldn't necessarily think, but she really lived a life of service. And it kind of made... um, it made her the perfect fit for her husband, George. And I was really expecting to find like a marriage of convenience for them. You know, they were, he had a lot of money and she had a family name and they needed each other and in, in very specific ways. Um, But I really, by the time I was finished writing, like I really think they had a really great love story and that they were a really terrific match for each other. Um And Cornelia, which is just a character. Yeah. I mean, I could have written like 27 <laughs> books about her. I mean, talk about an eccentric heiress. Like she was yeah. just fascinating. But it was also really interesting to watch her life kind of turn and to see the process of her becoming, you know, she was so dedicated to Asheville and North Carolina and this house and this town and the people in it. And then to watch the way that someone being in the spotlight and the way that she was made everything change. And so I won't say right. too much because I don't want to give too much away, but um
0: Yeah.
4: I love it. I love that. Yeah.
1: All right. So, you know, I'm going to ask about this, but every good book has an origin story and this one for you unraveled over, wasn't it a few years that it unraveled? So what like was the initial inspiration for this amazing story?
3: Well, the initial inspiration um, came in 2018. We, had evacuated Beaufort for a hurricane and we were in Asheville and we were at the Biltmore and I've been a lot of times in my life and I had just never really thought about the people that much, I guess, which sounds kind of weird, but I just always thought about this amazing house and I was never really thinking about the people that were in it. And I think it was on that trip that it really struck me um, that Edith was a really young widow. I mean, she was like probably, I mean, she was in her like, very early forties and, um, was left a lot of responsibility, you know, in a time when women couldn't even really vote and she was not left in a really um, particularly great financial situation just because of the way the estate was set up. Cornelia got, most of the inheritance, but not until she was 25. And she was only 13 when her father died. So um, Edith was left with, a, she had a lot of hurdles to overcome, like a lot, like so many that I only wrote about some of them in the book because it was like just too much for one human to even bear <laughs> to write yeah. in the story. Um, and so, but I was just so interested in her. And I got home and I started reading everything I could about her. And I went and looked for a novel about her because I thought someone's written about this woman. Of course they have. Um, and I couldn't really find one. And so I kept saying someone should write a book about her. Someone should write a book about her. Um, never, ever thinking that it would be me. So probably about a year later, uh, my cousin was getting married and I have uh, I wore my a veil that had been in my husband's family. Um, when we got married, and a lot of women in his family and like family friends, and uh, just a lot of people had worn this veil. It was not this one, even though this one was, was it this one? Was it, this it could one? be, it could be. It was Patty's. I didn't it want to give Patty's. it away. I'm
2: guessing it wasn't mine. <laughs> Unless you got married in Vegas.
5: <laughs>
2: well, Christmas is
3: so sweet. It could have been hers. I love hers. Um, but. I was like putting this veil on her head, and I said, it's so cool that you know this veil connects us to all these women that we'll never yeah. know, and like, some that aren't even here anymore. Um, and she was like, oh, it really is. And we were both kind of like, that's a book. And so um, I was you know, trying to come up with my next book idea, and or just deciding what I was going to write next, I guess, and kind of narrowing it down. And I felt that sort of spark for the story. And I didn't even know what the story was, but I called my agent, and I was like, I'm going to write a book called The Wedding Veil, and it's going to be about... Um, this historical, I mean, about a a family wedding veil that, you know, is like kind of lucky and it like guarantees this like love and good luck until it doesn't, you know, like a story like that. Um, And she was like, Oh, I love that book. I love that idea. And she just offhandedly said, well, what if you write about a real historical wedding veil? And I'm, I was like, okay, yeah, but thinking, I'm definitely not going to do that because that's not what I write. Um, But I was up one night and I got on Google and I just happened to Google Edith Vanderbilt wedding veil. And a story popped up about um, a family veil worn by Edith's mother and her sisters. And then Edith wore it, her daughter Cornelia wore it, and then it disappeared. And I thought, nice. it happened to the veil. Yeah, and I what if I could make it up? And so um, I just knew then that was the story. But it is interesting how it kind of comes to you, you know, in little bits and pieces. And it was the story I was never gonna write. And then something about it just really struck me. And here we are. That's
0: awesome. <laughs>
6: Nice. I have a question for you. I know creative ideas evolve and morph over time. Can you ever see going back to your initial idea for the novel in a different way?
3: Yeah. You know, um, the way that I kind of thought about it originally was like these three women from these three different generations in the same family that were these protagonists. And then there were going to be five other women. I don't know why five, but they were going to have these little vignettes in the story that sort of tied you know the larger plot together, which I still think is an interesting idea, Um and is something that like I might kind of want to explore structurally with something different. I mean, probably not another wedding veil, but maybe I don't know the wedding pearls. Maybe it could be like a series. <laughs> the,
0: top the wedding top hat.
3: <laughs> I have it.
2: I have it. The wedding spanks. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> Definitely don't pass those down. The wedding garter belt. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, okay. On the contemporary side of things, you created a truly lovable pair in the characters, Fabs and her granddaughter, Julia, which really speaks to me because I was super close to my grandmother and she played a huge oh. role in my wedding planning and the wedding itself. Oh, so can okay. you tell us why you chose
3: the spotlight, a grandmother and granddaughter duo? Yeah. Well, I'm super close with my grandmother. I always have been. I grew up like um, less than a mile from my grandparents. And so I was with them a lot. And you know, I saw them all the time. And um, I just have always had a really close family. And I just love grandmother-granddaughter relationships. I mean, I just think they're really special. And there's something about that wisdom being passed down from generation to generation. But in this story in particular, I wish I could say that I did this on purpose, but i didn't. Um, But I think what ended up being kind of interesting about this grandmother granddaughter relationship is that, you know, Babs is 81 and Cornelia and Julia is 26. And they're both still at a stage in their life where they have a big decision to make. And there are a lot of people who are not happy about their decision. Um, And they have to decide, you know, are they going to stay the course? or Are they going to do something different? And so, Um, I think in a lot of ways, like these two characters in their different stages, at their different ages, in these different times in their life, end up really bolstering each other to, like, live their truth and live their next best chapter. And I think that Julia equally does that for Babs um, as Babs does for Julia. So sweet. Nice.
2: (laughs) Well, speaking of Babs, in the opening of The Veil, Babs is placing the faded family wedding veil on Julia's head when she realizes she can't marry her fiancé, and that if she does, she will be the one to sully the good luck of the family veil. Mm. Babs drives the getaway car. I love I'd that. Love that. Love, it. love that. What do you think your grandmother would have done in a similar situation?
3: Totally would have driven the getaway car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah, god! She, yeah. I mean, she's very much like you know, big on, you know, your, your commitment and your vows and all of that. But if it was before that wedding and, and that, um, my mom has three sisters and every single one of them have, remember this moment where like my grandfather looked at them and was like, are you sure? Because if you're not, we can leave right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, cause nice. I mean, that's they were married my grandfather passed away like 2 years ago but they were married for like almost 65 years so um and together for or i guess maybe they were together for 65 years i don't know it was a very very long time and so you yeah. know you think about they they really took that commitment extremely seriously and um i think bab says something like julia says something like my mother's going to kill me and bab says well better a bad day than a bad rest of your life and that yeah. that, that yeah. really like sounds. Like better a bad day than a bad rest
1: of yeah, your life. I love that. that. Yeah. Love that. Okay, y'all. We're going to take a moment to share some of our wedding photos from <laughs> all of us, from the seven of us. So we love celebrating love, and we can't thank you enough for playing along on all of this. But let's look at the wedding pictures.
3: Uh-huh. Let's start with right me. So Sean. Has like a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> there's Sean. That's so beautiful. That's Sean.
6: Oh,
4: what oh. a great, what a great couple.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh,
2: oh,
3: Ron, Ron and Jeff, Ron and Jeff. See, cake. What would they have done if they didn't have a cake? I'm telling you, it was True. a great hey, cake.
1: Adam, Christy, great There's cake. your real wedding veil, Christy. That's it, oh, right? Oh, well, real wedding veil. I should have shown a better shot of it. But anyway,
0: uh, it's a beautiful picture, it, though.
6: Yeah. Oh, Georgie O'Keefe. That was the photos at Georgie O'Keefe um, gallery outside. Yeah.
2: Oh, oh, beautiful. Oh,
3: <laughs>
6: wait, wait, wait. There we go. That's the There's
3: Megan, Dave. Oh, oh, my God.
0: There's you. Your
3: real wedding veil is almost as pretty as the one you're wearing. <laughs> almost,
0: almost. So close. Meg, where did so you get close.
3: married? Was
5: that in New Jersey? Yes,
1: the Jersey Shore. Oh the church
5: was in Belmar and the reception was in Spring
0: Lake.
1: Don't you love looking oh, at like that? It's so yeah.
5: sweet.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a hell of a veil. I, that, 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 that's a hell of a train.
1: It has like a bird of paradise thing happening. In I like paradise. it. And the shoulder poof. Shoulder Definitely shoulder pads. It was 1991. If you didn't have shoulder pads, <laughs> what were you doing? Yeah.
5: You're <laughs> doing it wrong. it wrong.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, it's beautiful. I love that. Mr. Yeah. That is
3: like a whole wedding outfit that like you could wear today and be yes. so beautiful.
1: Really? Yeah. So classic and gorgeous. Yeah, Tom's
5: got the full ruffle tucks too.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. You know, I he was like, I am not wearing a peach shirt, so don't ask. (laughs) (laughs) But it is ruffled, so you got that going on. Well, it was 1976. What can I tell you? It's It's awesome. (laughs) You look
0: beautiful. Tom's is not quite as (laughs) hot. Kristen and Jason.
3: That's beautiful
0: yeah that was only eight years ago so it hasn't hasn't been so long <laughs> it's gorgeous
1: <laughs> oh. dirty gator
4: dancing
6: dirty gator Sorry. <laughs>
4: oh
1: that's hilarious
4: oh party boy
1: oh party boy oh, all right yeah. mary kay you want to lead us into our announcements here
2: Yes, I do. I have to uh, shift some stuff around. Okay. Besides reminding you to hashtag buy her book, damn it. Meaning (laughs) purchase your copy of the wedding veil this week because those first week sales are monumental for a book trajectory.
0: Matters a lot.
2: Yeah, we and we don't want to guilt trip you, but we are not above it. Oh, I'm well, not. Also, it.
0: Also, also, Um you guys have already promised in this ceremony with Ron, so right. I'm afraid you're all committed to mm-hmm. buying the wedding veil and it, the books. You
4: know what can happen if you defy the promise you <laughs> made.
0: Reverend so. Ron, I mean,
1: he's
2: got a broken, a broken vow is way worse than a bad day. I
4: have connections.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I've got connections. Okay, I have to take this veil off. It's giving me a super bad headache. Wow. Uh, no, it's, it's so, so funny. funny. We're going to make it. <laughs> Turns out the feather will just stay in my hair. <laughs> so if uh, we were off okay. for pizza later... Yeah, I didn't put your rat,
1: but
5: she's dealing with it. Uh, uh, that's true.
1: <laughs> so, if we wore these wedding <laughs> veils,
2: you guys have to buy the book. So,
4: that's <laughs> a, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the sacrifice. The hey, sacrifice. what if we
2: gave these veils away? Oh, Ooh.
1: that's a Yeah. i yes. people who uh, did the bingo, they can get a wedding veil. I love
2: that's that idea. Yeah.
4: <laughs> then they have to pick which one
2: yeah <laughs> oh, I, I, think know, know. I think we all know who whose veil will not be picked
4: <laughs> oh i don't know that <laughs> might be first. first
2: i don't know epic. it might go first
1: I agree. <laughs> yeah exactly it's pretty
0: epic
2: okay. I, I think
3: i did you proud on that one i'm just saying i'm pretty
0: impressed yeah
4: best seven dollars ever
1: spent
3: <laughs> best seven dollars yeah all right reverend you're
4: okay up. okay so just a quick reminder of our writer's block podcast We'll always post link under the announcements every time a new one comes out and a new episode launches every Friday. Last week we had a really special Wedding Veil episode that you don't want to miss with maybe a few little exclusive things in there mm. that you won't get anywhere else. Yes. I don't know. And next week we focus on the wonder that is audible originals. If you've ever listened to one, you're going to want to listen to the, how they, what goes into creating them. And we're going to have Martha Hall Kelly and her co-writer, Kathy Murray, about a true story and an audible original they did called the Munich Cowboys cheerleaders. <laughs> and, Patty and I will also be talking to the founder of Audible, Don Katz. You aren't going to want to miss that.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Okay. Did you know that you can find some of our back episodes? So sometimes I meet people and I tell them about Friends in Fiction or they're on the page, but they're like, oh, I didn't know about the show. How do I find the show? So you can find it on our back episodes Mm -hmm. on YouTube, but we are also on a brand new streaming platform called loco plus which also includes lots of brand new content from a lot of other independent creators so you can go over there and watch back episodes and you never know what you might find
5: and if you're not hanging out with us yet in the friends and fiction official book club you're missing out the group which is separate from us but is run by our friends Lisa Harrison and Brenda Gardner is now more than 11,000 strong. You guys.
6: Wow. That's amazing. Happy
5: hours with our friend Ron and book club reads. You will want to join now and not miss any of the action.
2: love that. This was tonight. The season finale of our first season of the 2022 season. Wait, that's two seasons. That's redundant. (laughs) That was redundant. That was, yeah. Yeah. Somebody needs an editor.
6: Um, our, <laughs> our
2: so, bye-bye, winter season, our spring and summer season are coming up and they are chock full. Um, we have so many great authors coming on the show. And it's going to be taking us two weeks to gear up and plan some huge surprises for you. I am not gearing up. I'm gearing no. up. No, no, I'm not gearing up. No. <laughs> no.
3: I'm taking some books
2: and going to the pool. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, I'm going to be in many many cities so you guys please come see me because I know you'll be having um, you'll be missing us all yeah. so much so you can come. See us. Yeah and so join us in two weeks on April 20th as we welcome Leanne Dolan with her newest Lost and Found in Paris. If you're ever wondering about our schedule, it is always on the Friends in Fiction website and on the header graphic on our Facebook page.
0: But wait, even though we are taking next week off, make sure you still tune in at 7 p.m. for a Friends in Fiction only video to celebrate the release of Patty's paperback of Surviving Savannah. So we knew we were going to be off next week. But we went ahead when we were in Savannah and recorded something special when we were all together. And we don't want you to miss it. It's a fun little celebration. And, you know, I know it's going to be awful not to have this Wednesday night for two weeks in a row. I'm going to tune in and watch it (laughs) because I know I'm going to be missing doing this. So we (laughs) hope that you'll tune in with us.
1: And we can never say it enough. Thank you to our presenting sponsors, Charleston Coffee Roasters and Page One Books for their generous support. And, y'all out there, show our sponsors some love by following them on Facebook and Instagram and subscribing to their email newsletters. Remember to use code all lowercase coffee with friends for 20% off bagged coffee at Charleston Coffee Roasters and code all caps friends15 for 15% off book subscriptions at page one. Mm-hmm. So, I have to say that this has been an incredible night and Ron and Meg and Sean, it is so fun to have you on screen. Thank you. Thank you for
4: having us.
3: And I just want to say thank you guys so much for doing this and for coming on to celebrate and being so supportive and to everybody in our friends and fiction community, you guys are amazing. And I know we all feel this way. You know, we have these stories in our heads for like a year or two and then they come out into the world and then they're yours and they get to be yeah. you know, completely remade because of your experiences and the way yeah. that you feel about them and what you think about them. And when, most of all, when you hand them to a friend and say, you should read this. So um, we really appreciate you guys. You keep us going. Um, we love you so much. And I just thank everybody in this friends and fiction family for all that you do. You guys are amazing. And we are, as Patty would say, we are the luckiest.
0: We are the luckiest. Definitely. Good night. Cheers. Cheers. Congratulations Cheers. To, Good night. to the
4: wedding veil. To the wedding the veil. veil. To the wedding <laughs> veil.
0: Thank you for tuning in. You can join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live show airs on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. We're so glad you're here.
3: Produced by
5: Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.